Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. This is John Massengill. I am live in the studio in Austin, Texas. As of as of about 15 seconds ago, I'm there. <laughs> Come on, John. Tell the truth. Be nerdy. Admit to our audience what you've been doing. Okay, that's true. I have. I well, have. You know, there were no Cadillacs in France this weekend, but there was one in Austin. That's right. I made it to the studio in the Cadillac because, with just enough time, because I was home working on the new uh, uh, workshop and two-post lift. And we had to raise the carport ceiling for the lift. And so that's what me and my son were doing this weekend. I was using my son, who's a Porsche mechanic, his all of his engineering skills to raise that thing up a few but, inches. But you've got a Cadillac with a warranty. What are you going to do with this lift? Are you selling it or are you hiring dude, it out? What dude, you- dude, dude, dude. There's so much to do with a two-post lift that you don't have any idea of the fun to be had. Mr. Kaiser, just tell the man what we're talking about. Oh man, two post lift. You can get everywhere on the car. It's great. It's held up by the frame. You got sus- you could rip that suspension out. Forget you know how, how many floors has this lift got? Oh, it, it only needs to go up one. I mean, now it's got to go up to you know eight foot fourteen inches for uh-huh. Mr. Massengill to get under it, but it can do that. So basically it's 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 a big chance for you to stand underneath a two-ton machine. Exactly. Now you figured it out. Gotcha. My son and I are talking about all the cool projects that we're going to buy, cars and swap motors and do all sorts of cool stuff. But, hey, I want to tell you guys what we got on the show because we have a fantastic interview that we did earlier today, right after the 24 Hours at Le Mans with Zach Brown, who had uh, a smile from ear to ear because he he was part of the winning United, uh, United Auto Sports team that won in their inaugural year and won the World Endurance Championship. So we've got Zach Brown that we're going to get later in the show because I literally have the uh, the SD card that I'm going to have to give to the producer here in just a minute with that interview on it. So we're really excited about that because not only we talk about the World Endurance Championship and the 24 Hours in Le Mans, but we talked a little bit of Formula One with Mr. Brown. So very exciting. Cool. Yeah, man, Pretty Jonathan, cool that was Americans great. At Le Mans. Yeah, Americans at Le Mans, exactly. But we're also going to talk some MotoGP because that went on this weekend. Jonathan, did you get a chance to watch NASCAR? Yes, uh, watch NASCAR, watch MotoGP, um, watched a bit of Tour de France, although we don't usually get into that because that's that's leg power rather than um, uh, motor power. <laughs> but you watched um, it. But uh, 
But I watched I it. Watched a little golf. <laughs> and Les, I know you got to watch MotoGP, but we're also um, – let me think. What? Oh, I know what I was going to say. I did a bunch of interesting research on Doralton Capital, the company that bought Williams F1 – and there's some little backstories to this. It's still burbling, and I'm still researching, but there's some interesting stories to the ownership in that group. So we'll talk about that later in the show as well. But I did uh, have a message from someone that supports William's team, and uh, they gave us some direction to go try to get somebody from that group on the show. Okay, cool. Good. Well, beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I think this whole prospect of Williams and their future is really quite interesting. But on a, on a few different levels. One, obviously, it's great that they're surviving. Uh, two, it's going to be interesting that Williams effectively is hands-off at this point, which kind of makes the, a lot of pressure on the new owners. Um, but I also think that they're an investment company. And what I like about that is the investment companies, generally speaking, don't make investments unless they get a return on their uh, investment. So <laughs> yeah. they're expected to make money. You know, think about that, because with the struggle that Williams has had, there hasn't been a lot of points money flowing in there from Formula no. One. So these guys, they have some plan up their sleeve. And, you know, Jonathan, think about that. If they don't have a bunch of points money, I mean, but as an example, though, Williams F1, you know, Williams Engineering, they do all sorts of things outside yeah. of Formula One to generate revenue with their engineering team. But but Well, I think we talked about this briefly uh, a few weeks ago, which was what I like about the current situation. And in fact, in our interview with um, uh, Zach, you'll, you'll hear a little note of that. But now that we've got a five-year plan for Formula One with all 10 teams all in, the poker game is set, the, the ante is in, you're paying 150, you know, 145 million and everybody's in, which is why I think it's a good investment because you know that what your outlay is going to be and the returns on that outlay, if you get more points, could be two, threefold. So more points? It, you, you mean more points than zero this season? Yeah. Okay. True. <laughs> Sorry Point to take taken. the wind out of you, but dude, come on. We're at Williams is at zero right now. They just got to at least, like, get to first base. I don't know. All right. Well, you know, hey, Russell almost did it last week. Glass half full. <laughs> I agree. No, I I do want them to score. I do want them to do well. I think what, uh, if nothing else, if you ignored anything else of this group, there's new blood. There's some new freedom and uh, opportunity. You know, Listen, both that, the team. Williams are only 66 points off Ferrari. Look at it that way. <laughs> it's like me with my golf. I'm only 40 shots off Tiger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good way. Good way to put it, though. This season, they're only 66 points off of, off of Ferrari. Not, bad, not a bad yeah. way to look at it. Yeah. And the way you golf, you'll be closer to being six foot under the tee than six foot under par. This is true. Hey, uh, you boys ready to wake up early for the Russian Grand Prix? The, the producer shaking his head no, but uh, next, <laughs> next weekend because... That's the earliest of them, I think. I think, <laughs> I think it is because the race next Sunday starts at 6.10 here in Austin. So we'll be in the studio at going on the air at 5 a.m. next Sunday morning. That'll be exciting. Uh, hey, Jonathan, uh, Sochi Auto, Auto Drone. That's, yeah. uh, I mean, 
Talk about that a little bit because that, I mean, that's pretty cool. That's where the Olympics was held that year. Yeah. Um, it, it was a strike. I didn't think, to be honest, when it first took off, I didn't think it would make it. I, I've been to, I haven't been to Sochi. I have been to Moscow Raceway, which is where we had uh, World Superbikes and where DTM and World Touring Cars have been. Um, but it's a small, small circuit just outside Moscow. Sochi, um, like you said, was built um, as a complex. Sochi is actually known for its skiing. Um, it's a it's a holiday resort um, and it's where the Russians go on holiday both summer and winter. Um, but it was also the, ho- the, the, the host site of the Olympics. And so they built the circuit around that complex. And so they've got lots of hotels. They've got lots of places for people to stay. Uh, and all in and all, in all it, it seems to be quite a successful Grand Prix. Um, and I think the track the drivers like um, it's it's an interesting place. It's sort of half street, half half track mm-hmm. um so it's it's an interesting place and i don't know what it's going to be like at this time of the year um whether they've got into fall and the temperatures are dropping because we've had some really hot races at monza and um you know uh, in the last few silverstone was hot i mean you know we've been talking about tires all summer uh, and i wonder if sochi's going to be a lot more cool uh yeah and who does it suit jonathan thinking about the teams I mean, besides mercedes we know it's going to suit mercedes it's, yeah it's a it's a tough one I, I mean it's obviously not a heavy downforce circuit because it's effectively even though it's it's a bit more like baku it's got it, it's a street circuit at, at, in essence but it's quite fast so it's not a heavy downforce circuit like the monza um so i'm not sure I, if i had to make a guess i would say it doesn't suit ferrari because nothing does at the moment yeah but i would say it probably suits the most versatile car outside of mercedes and that would be red bull i agree and in particularly i would say max yeah yeah but max is like mercedes he suits all tracks yeah tell you what though i'm interested to see how alban now moves forward from what was a very momentous last time out scoring uh, a podium for the team and his radio words were emphatic which was thank you for sticking with me uh he's got the monkey off his back we'll see if this kid's got what it takes now to to use use the car to its best of ability like you say i don't expect him to to beat max but i want to see him in the top six beating mclaren beating ferrari on a regular basis well and i was just uh i was just gonna say he's got to watch Pierre Gasly. Gasly right now is at 43 points. Albon's at 63. That's 20 points. That's not a huge difference when you're back in the midfield of what can happen amongst that group. So, you know, it could be something as simple as a race or two and they're on each other again. And that's are, you saying that, are you saying that Gasly could replace him? I think he can't forget the way the tables turned on him last year and uh, how he took Gasly's seat. You know, Gasly would love to go reclaim that seat. Mm. I don't know if he does, you know. I can't imagine I, him not. I, I can see Gasly making a move up the ranks of Formula One, but he had a shot with Red Bull. Um, I think it's a poison. You know, he's a nice you – know, we, we got to know him when we spent some time with him. I, I, I don't think he wants to be in that maelstrom that is Red Bull up against Verstappen, whereas I think if he were down the road to go to, you know, uh, to go to, let's say, uh, Renault, um, as a Frenchman, after Ricardo retires, that I can see more likely than him going back to Red Bull. Okay, Les, we'll test your we'll test your prognostication uh, abilities, boys. But all right, we got to take gloves for that. We <laughs> no. Hey, we got to take a break, guys. When we come back, we're going to jump right in and talk about the 24 Hours of Le Mans. 
And we later in the show, we have the interview we did this morning with Zach Brown. So stick with us. You're listening to Speed City. We're live in Austin, Texas. Back after a quick break. Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hello to everyone. This is Gunther Steiner. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. Les and Jonathan, y'all were just going on, man. You got to save all that content for the air because what were you talking about, Jonathan? With I'm not, no, I can't. No, <laughs> stop it. No, <laughs> I was, I was, tr- I was trying to level with Les um, about whether I thought I, I just Red Bull have done. I mean, you know, you, I mean, history will tell you that Red Bull have. Play, you know, play dance and partners. Um, you know, when the music stops, they look around for a new partner. And, you know, they, they did a lot of swapsies, Kvyat, Gasly. And, you know, history would say, well, they'll probably do it again then. But I, I really don't think they will swap out Albon. Now he is becoming more competitive because he's the perfect foil for the golden boy, which is Verstappen. But he needs to be scored for Red Bull to win a Constructors' Championship. Verstappen needs to be winning races and Orban needs to be getting podiums week on week. Now he's got one and let's hope now they start to come in as the car improves. And as we come, you know, the rules level out and we get to the, the price cap, new rules for, you know, 22. Um, 
you know, Verstappen's not going anywhere. So it's always going to be a juggling act. You know, Botas, as, as Les says, is a good sparring partner for Lewis Hamilton, who's proved time and time again to be the number one driver. And that's why he's got six titles and Botas has got none. Um, but it's a delicate situation um, being the, the, the number two driver in a team. Uh, you know what? But the personalities between Max and Albon have been productive. So I yeah. think that's good. But Gasly has shown moments of brilliance and he needs to stabilize on those. He's had some great passing maneuvers, even against Albon. And so I think that's something that they're going to be looking at. If he can bring his aggressiveness up to that level and be stable on a regular basis, I think he's quicker than Albon. The, the ace in the hole for Albon is he is Thai related to Red Bull. That's very special. And so uh, you can't discount that. Uh, but there's some marketing money behind that combination as well. Yep. Good point. Well, boys, I, had, I was listening to the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Actually, I didn't, I, wouldn't, I wasn't watching it this moment, but I was listening. And somebody was talking about Lance Stroll and, you know, how we've gone just like everyone from, okay, this is D Rich Daddy's boy. And, hey, he's not doing too bad. All of a sudden, he's doing really well. And they were talking about, uh, I don't know who the commentator was, but he was talking about that he was at a lot of the races and that he was in the paddock and that Lance was, you know, like work ethic, first guy in, last guy out, um, working hard and earning his spot on the team. That was good to hear, right? Yeah, really good. And and I and like I said, I, I I'm I'm a true believer now. Um, I really do think he's worthy of his place in Formula One. Uh, and as the cars got more competitive, so has he. Uh, it's always hard to tell when the car isn't competitive whether the driver is, is as good as as we hope he is. Um, but I think now that uh, Racing Point are at the sharp end, uh, at the pointy end, um, so to speak, um, he's starting to show, and he's still a kid, you know. I know, I know, you know, Daddy's money or no Daddy's money. He he's won. I, I this is a a thing I often say about him. He's won every series he's ever entered outside of Formula One. Absolutely. When we first met Lance, uh, he was. Uh... He was young. He was a little bit brash. Uh, you know, uh, I remember in the interview, he mentioned how many hundreds of Ferraris his father owns and how they have that special relationship. So, yeah, there's that silver spoon approach to getting on the grid and racing, which which he did. But he's demonstrated, you know, through the development, through those opportunities, he's earned his spot there. It's not like Lewis Hamilton who was, you know, son of a blue collar dad working all different jobs, odd jobs to cobble together a cart to get him on track to finally work his way up into quality material. But uh, it's two different approaches and we see that regularly in racing. And you just can't argue that uh, there is more than one approach to getting on the grid. And Lance has earned his place. I, all right, guys, let's start moving into our Lamar coverage here because we have that interview all queued up with uh, Zach Brown. We're not going to play it yet, producer, so we're going to go, we're going to tease and we're going to go through one more break. But what I do want to talk about, I want to start our Lamar coverage with a casualty of COVID for Lamar, which is the team that I was really looking forward to watching the most. As you guys know, I'm a huge Corvette fan and Corvette racing did not make it to Lamar this year. First time in what, 20 years in the new C8 and the new C8 has been fast, and that's why I wanted to see it back at Lamar because 
we had definitely had a shot at winning the class. But that was really disappointing to me. How about you guys? Yeah, uh, you're right. I mean, obviously, COVID has affected um, the Le Mans entry, especially from the United States this year. Um, it's just a fact of life. We did actually get a, more than I thought. Gustavo Menezes was there. Felipe Albuquerque um, was a winner in his class. Um, you know, uh, most of the usual runners and riders were there. But like you say, your Dempsey's and um, your Corvettes, uh, there was some Fer- Ferraris. Obviously, we had um, uh, our man, Cooper McNeil, um, yeah. last week was on the show. And so he got it over there. But um, Texans. yeah, I mean, not easy times for had, Americans had, trying to get there. We had some Texans. We had Ben Keating. And yeah. who else? Will Owen, maybe? Will Owen. Yeah, Will Owen. Will yeah. Owen. A couple of Houston boys. Yeah. Yep, exactly. We had who else? Te- uh, Americans. We had Mark Patterson, Osnegri, uh, Jeff Siegel, Matt Murray, uh, uh, Chris Dyson. Let's see. I'm just oh, kind of. Chris Dyson did it. Well, I'll be seeing Chris Dyson next weekend at Virginia. Oh no, he didn't make it. Actually, he was he was in the Janetta, but didn't he, he didn't they, they didn't scratched it? Yeah, he didn't go. That's right. That's right. So Gustavo Menezes, we talked about Dwight Merriman. Um, yeah, Will Owen. Yeah, Mer- Merriman's uh, an IMSA guy. Yep. And Reese Motorsports from Houston had an all French entry, but of course they are our local team, if you will. Les, you're you're a big Reese fan, I know. Absolutely, great to see Reese still hitting the tracks and uh, doing so, even, even with uh, the French crew there. Reese's based here in Houston, here in Texas and uh, has always been a very formidable group on course. And so uh, great to see them on the global stage. Hey, by the way, guys, big shout out. Second on the uh, prototypes or second in the overall was uh, America's Gustavo Menezes with Bruno Senna and Norman Nato uh, for the Rebellion R13 uh, in LMP1. And therefore they split the, um, the Toyotas. At one point. So that's good. They had a good race and they finished on the podium, but it was a, 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 a Toyota victory yet again with uh, Boemi, Nakajimi, and Hartley. Yeah. How about Hartley? Seven times in a row uh, showing fantastic back on the top step again. That, yeah. Uh, what a record. Huh? Hey, so what do you guys think about the next year? When I mean, look, with Toyota the way they've been, really competing against no one because Porsche and and uh, Audi have dropped out of that prototype class. I mean, now we've got the hypercar coming in. Uh, well, I and- think that's what we're waiting for, John, is, is we've yeah. come to uh, sort of the end of the cycle, haven't we? Yeah, I mean... Uh, so we're really now waiting for... And it's, it's something that... Um, it's something that Zach mentions in the interview, so we'll hear from him on that. But, um, yeah, I think the, the, the future's exciting, but it, we need to get over this sort of period where it's been one manufacturer in LMP1, and while they've been joined by the likes of Rebellion, um, it's been pretty scant. Uh, once Porsche pulled out and Mazda and so on, it, 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 the LMP1 yeah. class has been pretty pretty uh, non, non, non-effective. And now, wait a minute. Aren't we going to have a very large manufacturer class uh, for this new, for the, the sure. way the new structure is, and I was thinking I heard something, some huge number. Have you heard the 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 totals? I haven't heard the number, but yeah, that's the idea is is that it levels the fly, playing field a little bit, and everybody can uh, enter. Though not everybody's jumped in there yet. I, I you know, these things take time, uh, and as we know from our experience with WEC here in Texas, um, those guys are pretty pretty switched on. They know how to organize. And they know how to run that championship. I think the the history of WEC since it became WEC 
um, has been one of, of, of progression each and every year. I heard a good discussion last night on the coverage talking about the future of the automobile and the future of racing. And, you know, they were talking about all the different ways to power cars and, you know, with hydrogen electric, you know, and there, there was some confusion. They were talking about hydrogen powered. Well, what does it sound like? Well, it sounds like an electric car because hydrogen is a, is a source of fuel to power an electric car. But, but it is going to be interesting. It's the same discussion we've had a, a few times over the years recently where with formula one, you know, maybe, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen as far as, the drivetrains, I mean, I, I don't feel like Formula One is going to go away from internal combustion completely. Um, I saw a good discussion on Twitter. They said, why not just leave the everything the same going forward with the powertrain? Make it, leave it a hybrid, leave it 1.6 liters, but make it a, a high-revving V12 for <laughs> 1.6 liter high-revving V12, 18,000 RPMs, and use the the torquiness of the hybrid power, at the battery power at the bottom end, to make up for that, but but there's a lot, a big discussion about how all these different race class, race series fall into that. You know, it, with with Formula One and WEC obviously being technology driven, I don't know what I don't know where to go with all this. <laughs> I think uh, yeah, there's so many different ways. I think we need to narrow that scope a little bit to uh, some of the uh, power sources identify exactly the fuel that can be used, how much of it can be used, identify your electric power as far as a battery size, a battery composition, etc. Whereas now you can use multiple uh, combinations of power storage to get into that. I'd like to see that standardized with the idea of promoting real world use of it away from the racetrack, but totally refining uh, what is out there. Yeah. I don't know. Well, remember, Les, remember, it wasn't that long ago when you had Audi, Toyota, Porsche, you had everybody in the prototype class was doing it differently because you had the Audi diesels, you had the flywheel and the, you know, recovering inertia power, and then you had electric hybrids. So, you know, that to me was the golden era. Now, I think the next, you know, the next change could easily bring another uh, revolutionary powertrain kind of thing, but we'll we just have to wait and see. But all right, guys, we what, are now up. What, one thing yeah. you do need, though, I would suggest, is a two-post lift. Yes. That's what the future will need. I, I, think that, uh, <laughs> I think that's what my future needs for sure. All right, guys, well, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have our interview with Zach Brown. You're listening to Speed City. Back after these messages. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. 
Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk 1370. Hi, this is Jeff Gordon and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. Jonathan, I want to go back to February when, actually it was probably January, but uh, when we got the call from the World Endurance Championship and they said, hey, guess what? We're coming to Dakota this year. And we were ecstatic, and they said, can you guys do the commentary out at Circuit of the Americas? And we said, heck yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. And so we started up talking to everybody, and uh, I made friends with Rachel at the World Endurance Championship, and she's in their press team. And so a couple days ago, when Lamar was coming up, I said, well, I need to ring up Rachel and, and try to arrange a guest from, that's going to be at Lamar. So I just said, look, let's think American, first of all, and I just want you to think as high up the food chain as you can get, whether it's going to be Gustavo Menezes in the LMP2 car, or, I, you know, and I never mentioned Zach Brown because I just didn't really, I didn't even think about that because, you know, he's pretty hard to get. We've, we've, we've had him scheduled uh, for Formula One to be a guest on our show before, and it just didn't work out. But she, so this morning at about, what is that, about 11 o'clock, she hit me on WhatsApp and, and I missed it for about 30 minutes. And I looked at my phone and went, holy S word and said, I'm, I'm 40 minutes late. So I. She said, just call him up. And so I called him up and said, hey, can you give us 20 minutes, 30 minutes to get the studio set up? So I did it. And then I called you, Jonathan. What were you doing when I called you? I was right walking the dog. <laughs> and I said, can you help me get, get ready for an interview? And you said, well, I'm about a mile from the house, so I'll see if I can get that done. And I was on my own car lift messing with it. I know. Unless, I'll be honest, I thought if I can get us two and just get it all done Holy. and set up – so I ran in the house. I was outside working on the on the workshop, and I ran in the house and got all the gear set up. And uh, we just got that file. We're gonna gonna get it cleaned up a little bit because 
we had multiple channels on that track, and they were missing a couple of them. So we're going to get that, that cleaned up with Zach Brown, so that'll take us just a second. But that was the story of the race. What he was about to say, John, was uh, you'll hear it in a bit, but uh, he was talking about Anthony Davidson's car. Uh, that's who they were up against in the closing hour. And they had a splash and dash right at the end in LMP2. So it went right down to the last 30 minutes. Um, and they, they didn't have to fuel, um, but Anthony Davidson's car did. Uh, and that's what effectively uh, gave them the victory that they needed. That is, you know, I got to say, I mean, okay, yeah, there was some strategy there. But the thing that I'm seeing more and more since we first met Zach Brown several years ago is that he puts together a team and, you know, whether he personally knows what needs to happen on the track, he gets the right people around him. We're seeing this, you know, in Formula One, we're seeing it here. Uh, we've seen it in other things that he's dealt with. And to me, it's just astounding that now you've got this name that's associated. Now here he comes to IndyCar and all of this. This is really uh, astounding to me that this one guy is going through three different genres, if you will, of racing and accomplishing this. This is inside. I can't say I've seen across that many uh, leagues, if you will, Jonathan. What about you? Do yeah, you know I, I said to John, and I don't know if you'd agree with me because I'm not the Texan here, but I said this is a modern day Dan Gurney in terms of he's got his, you know, he's got his fingers in a lot of pies. He, he's very passionate about his motorsport. He's been around motorsport for a long time. And because of his company, JMI, he, he's done deals in motorsport. Uh, he knows the players. He's good to be in the Piranha tank for Formula One because he knows what he's doing. Um, and like you said, more importantly, he's passionate about the sport and passionate about putting the right people, as a good CEO should be, into the right positions. He doesn't want to micromanage everything. He tends to, you know, put Gilles de Ferran here on this project, uh, Seidel on the Formula One, and he kind of floats around and just, you know, makes sure that the, he, he's a good he's a good army man. He, you know, he makes sure that each battalion has got a good commander, and he makes it he he makes sure the buck stops with him. Yeah, he, uh, like I said, he's always very well-spoken. I spoke to him uh, in Canada last year just briefly uh, on the grid. It wasn't an interview, but it was interesting just some of the things that he's watching. And as they were on grid with the team setting things up, uh, he gave somebody an order on his team, which was, uh, I remember it was somewhat vague, <laughs> and went off, and that was it. And – Thinking about it now, that's probably his style. Hey, yeah. I need this to happen, and you go do it. Go do what you do, and that happens. Yeah. And so that's probably a great way to manage the team. But just the fact that we're seeing him in modern generation, Dan Gurney, yeah, he okay, he's not a Texan. You kind of mentioned Texas in the realm of Dan Gurney. But Dan Gurney did so at a time when the power plants were not so widely different across the variety of racing groups. This is a totally different time. There's a substantial difference between an IndyCar drivetrain, an LMP drivetrain, and a Formula One drivetrain. And especially the rules and uh, that are around each of those groups are quite different. So uh, that's why I think this is really astounding. He's not just yeah. hopping from one to another. Well, and also in motor racing, you know, there's so many highs and lows and, and there's more lows than there are highs. And, and look what they've done. You know, four years ago, McLaren were an absolute joke in Formula One uh, and, and they couldn't get a point to save their lives. The Hon You know, Alonso was complaining, um, you know, Honda could do nothing right for them. 
Uh, they've now gone back to um, Renault engines and they're being much more successful. Next year, they're going to go to Mercedes engines, which surely should mean looking at Racing Point, that they, they have a great engine and a great partner in Mercedes. Um, they failed in, um, they had a fantastic start to their Indy campaign with Alonso, leading many laps. Um, but, um, you know, what was uh, really impressive was the, the fact that they didn't qualify last year and then they bounced back again this year. Lonzo not, not taking part. But the point is, they bounced back so well. And that, that is real, to me, the real essence of a good race team is to be able to take defeat and then and get back to where you were. Absolutely. You know, gosh, we're just getting over to MotoGP now. Come on, Zach. <laughs> but uh, but with, the, uh, with the whole thing, it, to me, what's astounding is how diverse those three racing bodies are. Yeah. Uh, we have folks that kind of look at Formula One and look at IndyCar as if they are nearly the same, and they're quite, no. quite different. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, uh, short of a silhouette, uh, if you just generally look at the silhouette of the two cars, you might see enough that, uh, that from far away, you may not have to squint too much to see, yeah, they look the same. A lot of differences, though, and that's what really draws me to, to say, make a statement like that about Zach Brown. Well, I also thought it was interesting that in the conversations of um, who would go where next year, um, when when the discussion was um, who would race at, who would potentially, you know, uh, race at McLaren, one of the points was uh, when there were drivers on the market, would they be interested? Like Perez is the example, right? Mm -hmm. So Perez is on the market. Would 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 uh, McLaren be interested? And evidently, they came out and said they would be interested if Perez was interested in eventually going to their Indy project. And so you can see how the mindset is working at McLaren, which is, you know, they've got, you know, they've got moving parts where they've got two young drivers, both Oliver Askew and Pato Ward. Um, Pato Ward could, could go to uh, Formula One, for example, uh, and vice versa. Uh, you know, any of the guys that drive for McLaren, I'm sure would be interested in, in taking on at least the 500. Do you think there's a time we're going to see Brown Motorsports as we do Andretti? As in United Motorsports? Um, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the way, I mean, Zach's a young guy um, and, you know, I mean, he's not Roger Penske yet, but boy, is he, uh, he's doing what Andretti, Michael Andretti and, and what Roger Penske have done. And, and he, you would have to put him up there now in terms of um, the numbers of different things he's involved in at the highest, highest level. I mean, now he's won Le Mans. He's won the WEC World Championship. Uh, they've been on the podium in Formula One this year. And, um, I mean, who's to say they're not going to win the next IndyCar race? They're competitive every weekend. And heck of a nice – I mean, he was so casual. By the way, we got yeah. that interview. It's uh, it's ready to go. We're going to go to a quick break here in a second. But he was so nice, so friendly. I mean, you, you kind of get – I mean, even a couple of years ago, remember when McLaren was just miserable – he just seemed like he was steady with the ship and he was like, we're going to get this going. And, and they have so, uh, but he was just a heck of a nice guy too, but guys, let's go ahead and take our next break. And when we come back, we'll have that full interview with Zach Brown.
Winding Road Racing is a leading provider of road racing and performance equipment at each of our locations in Texas, California, Georgia, and Kentucky. But we know some racers want that same high-quality gear, customer service, and pricing without leaving home. Check out the online store at windingroadracing.com. It's got all the same high-quality brands you've come to know us for. Alpine Stars, Stilo Helmets, Chill Out, and AIM Data Systems, all available at great prices and delivered directly to you with free shipping. Log on now, windingroadracing.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hi, this is George Steinbrenner, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. That was the young George Steinbrenner, of course. All right, guys, we are all ready to go. We've got the interview with Zach Brown all queued up. We caught him this morning. We already set it up, so let's go straight into it and hear from Zach Brown. Fresh off a win at Lamar, Mr. Zach Brown. Zach, welcome to Speed City. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for uh, having me. It's been a good, uh, been a good twenty-four hours. Well, I know you're fresh off that win just a couple of hours ago. Just tell us about the weekend, man. That's just so exciting that you guys won and won the championship. Yeah, it was, um, it was awesome. It almost went perfect. We, uh, you know, the car that won started on pole, so it was a great way to start the weekend. Our other car qualified fifth, which was very competitive. Uh, ultimately, both of them uh, took turns leading the race, and in the middle of the night, they were, were uh, pretty comfortably first and second, which was nice. But you always know at uh, these long endurance races, anything can happen. So um, anything did happen, unfortunately, with our our other car, and uh, had an oil leak uh, through a faulty uh, hose, which is kind of no fault of of anyone. Sometimes these cars, you know, 24 hours at 200 miles an hour, can uh, could abuse them. And um, so that was disappointing. But uh, other than that, it was about the perfect weekend. Uh, it was certainly very close there. At the end, we knew we didn't have enough to make it on the fuel. And 
we weren't sure if our uh, the second place team did or didn't. So we were racing as if uh, they didn't. And uh, we only had about a five second cushion, but then it turned out they did need to pit. So uh, pretty uh, pretty intense finish there uh, after 23 hours and you know 56 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's got to be exciting. I know we have Jonathan Green on the call. Jonathan, you got a question for Mr. Brown. Yeah, I do. I mean, Zach, congratulations, first and foremost. I have uh, done many a Le Mans with my Uncle Brian Redmond, who did it for so many years. And, and I know what it's like. And I've also done the bike races there for 24 hours. And it's one of those monkey mind situations where even if you've got a clear lead, you just don't know what's going to happen. Toyota proved that a couple of years ago. Um, d- d- in that last hour, were you, uh, <laughs> were you regretting kind of <laughs> having, having to go through the pain? Yeah, it was um, it was very stressful. As I uh, said to a couple of my friends, it was so much fun and so much stressful. I'm not sure I'd want to do it again. <laughs> so uh, I will come tomorrow morning. But uh, yeah, you know, I think when you've led as much of the race as we had, and you know anything can happen, some of it in your control, some of it out of your control. The last couple hours, you feel like you've got nothing but downside ahead of you. Um, and you just want the race to be over with. Uh, and uh, it got pretty pretty nerve-wracking there. We got caught out by a couple of the uh, uh, the safety zones that they have, which sometimes can work for you or against you. And uh, it kind of seemed like what was a pretty healthy uh, two-minute cushion was getting narrowed down and ultimately was, appeared to be about a five-second cushion with a a couple laps left. So that drama built in our garage for the uh, last two, three hours, as we saw them just chip away uh, at our, at our lead. so it definitely got uh, the blood pressure. <laughs> well, no question about it. Yeah. Well, winning Lamar and the world endurance championship in your first year, that's a, that's an amazing achievement. And, you know, in a way, you think of that, it almost looks easy in your first year like that, but I know that it's so stressful. But, but I'm watching a clip of you. You talk about tomorrow. I think all you got to do is watch this clip of yourself jumping at, at the wind around the room, hugging everybody in the room. <laughs> I, I think, you, I think you're going to be ready to do it again next year. Yeah, it was. It's, to me, that's what racing is all about, the highs and the lows. The highs are certainly more fun than the – the lows, but you get a mix of them. And, you know, I think it was a great show for the fans. It was a, a bummer that there weren't the usual couple hundred thousand people at the venue, but I think there were uh, several million around the world watching it. So I think it was a, uh, it was a great Le Mans, great to be able to put on a, a, a show like that. And um, yeah, you know, winning the world championship is unbelievable. Le Mans is such a big event. Uh, and you're so focused on the the race that it wasn't till about an hour before uh, my partner and I, Richard Dean, who, who runs the team, which just does an awesome job, um, kind of looked at each other and went, you know, if we kind of finish where we are right now, we're also going to win the championship. And it was one of these things. Where it was, <laughs> let's just not talk. Let's not talk about that. So <laughs> to get kind of two victories in one and to clinch it at Le Mans is just uh, a dream come true. That is. I mean, there's no question about it. And that's an American because the American versus Europe battle has, has continued. We've seen the movies and it is like being in a movie, I know. But Zach, this whole last uh, three or four months with McLaren at Indy, your Formula One success. Uh, I mean, it's been a whirlwind and also dealing with COVID. How are you personally getting on with the strangest year in motorsport? 
I, um, you know, I'm enjoying it. Well, I'm, you know, of course, I'm not enjoying what COVID's doing ar- around the world. We're all having to adapt. But um, I think in motor racing, you're trained to adapt and react to situations. COVID is something that none of us have, have ever seen before. Um, but, you know, I think you got to kind of get on with it and deal with it. And I think motor racing as a whole is doing a, a really good job. You know, all the various racing series around the world are getting the races in and, you know, without incident. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying, you know, in the various uh, racing activities I, I have, you know, my real job is, is McLaren and we're having a great season in, in Formula One and in IndyCar. So, uh, you know, when I started, uh, we, we were not where we, where we are today. So while I always love going to racetracks, uh, I like going more when I know I've got a, a shot at the front versus um, running around in 17th or 18th. So uh, the racing is certainly more enjoyable. And Zach, you talk about McLaren and Formula One. You've got one of, if not the most popular drivers right now, Lando Norris. Uh, he is a joy to watch on and, and fantastic to interview, but also on social media and to watch the way he just is enjoying what he's doing. It's amazing. And, and of course, you're, you know, the next couple of years with your driver setup, you, you're in a great position, it feels like. Yeah, I, I really like our, our driver lineup. Lando has been a, a breath of fresh air. I, you know, what, what you see is what you get. I think he's that new generation uh, driver really connects with with everyone. He's very uh, open and relaxed and accessible uh, and quite a bit on, you know, social media, which is how, you know, a lot of us interact with the fan base these days. So uh, he, he's great to work with, you know, on and off the track. And then you know, Carlos has been uh, outstanding with us. We're going to finish the season strong. He just came off a great race in, in Monza, obviously. Mugello didn't go quite as well. Um, and, and then we've got Daniel Ricardo joining us next year, who I think, you know, the combination of Daniel and Lando, I can't think of a <laughs> yeah. better, more exciting driver lineup than those two guys. And entertaining to boot. And you talk yeah. about Lando being accessible. I, I, you know, I think half the world has now seen him in his, in his room, you know, on Twitch and everything. So he's been fantastic, but well, I, let me ask you about next year at, in the uh, World Endurance Championship and Le Mans, you know, there's all these changes that are taking place at the top of the uh, at the classes. You know, with with this hypercar and everything. Uh, yeah, how, how does that affect you guys in LMP2? And are you excited about all that? Yeah, I'm very excited about where uh, the ACO you know, run World Endurance and Le Mans kind of come together with with IMSA. I think there's a real opportunity. Uh, for a for a global sports car platform, I, I think much like Formula One, all these various racing series are kind of resetting themselves. Uh, as a lot of racing just got to be too expensive, and some could afford it, some couldn't, and then that means the competitions not as exciting. So I, I really like the direction where sports car racing is going. Uh, it looks like it'll be 2023 before that kind of kicks in so i think 21 22 will look a lot like uh this year which is unfortunate for kind of the lmp1 class so, you know i think if you look at lmp2 and if you can imagine that would have been you know the overall win for lamar how much more exciting would that have been <laughs> and i think when they bring in the new the new lmba type hypercar 
uh, rules, hopefully we can get that type of racing throughout and depth throughout the entire uh, grid. So our plans are united and continue to kind of do what we're doing. And then, you know, as new uh, rules and regulations come in, we'll, we'll, we'll have a look uh, and um, see where we, where we want to play. So what's your next movement? Obviously, trying to get some sleep. <laughs> where, <laughs> yeah. where, where, where are, where are you yeah. going off to next? I guess Formula One. Well, I, yeah, yeah. The next one we have uh, we have Russia, and um, that's that's next weekend. And then the following weekend is IndyCar uh, at the Harvest GP. Uh, and then yep. the following weekend is is Germany. So, um, you know, with with COVID and how everything's been backloaded, I think I'm going racing uh, every weekend until uh, Christmas. Well, I don't think you'll find that. Yeah, yeah I'm going to say you've, you've never not enjoyed it. So, But just generally long term, um, I guess, you know, we're obviously we cover Speed City's main main interest is Formula One, and especially with the Americans. And so we're very, very excited by the way McLaren has turned it around. I spoke to you at Silverstone two years ago now with Gilles de Ferran. And, you know, that was right at the height of, of, of really where you were trying to literally get out of a, a really big hole that, that, that just wasn't competitive. But you've done it. And as I said, I heard that radio call from uh, Lando on the radio on Friday when he's singing away. <laughs> and I thought that, to me, epitomized the, the turnaround for McLaren. And now with the new, we had Gunter on the show last week and he said this new five-year deal was, was appropriate for everybody. Do you feel that way? Because you were quite vociferous about you know, the cutoff and what it should be and the, and the, and the, and the cap. Um, are you happy with what's come out of the Concord? Yeah, I think we've landed in a really good place. I think, um, you know, the, the fans are going to be the biggest winners because they're going to get a more competitive sport, more variety of winners, more depth of the field. I think all 10 teams now will be on stronger financial footing. Uh, so the whole kind of, ecosystem if you'd like of formula one will benefit and get stronger by having a more financially sustainable uh, business and that'll put on great racing and then we'll get you know more fans and the more fans we get the more countries will want to have races the more countries we have the more sponsors will want to get involved and so we'll all you know feed off each other if we can really get the product on the track to be great like we saw in monza we know Formula One is capable of putting on an unbelievable show. And if we can put more Monzas on for our fans, uh, we'll be in great shape. Well, there's been some great racing in Formula One lately. So uh, I think the fans have been happy. Well, Zach, I know we've kept you longer. We said we were going to. Uh, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much. Congratulations. A fantastic Le Mans for you guys. And best of luck in Formula One coming up. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. All right, boys, that was fun. That was exciting, wasn't it, Jonathan? Yeah, and, I mean, there was a lot in there, actually. I mean, yeah. I know he was tired and uh, probably tired and, and, and exhausted, but at the same time, um, he spoke very eloquently about the future. Uh, and, and, and in these COVID times, to hear somebody in his position be so positive about the future of sports car racing and their connection with IMSA, uh, Formula One, uh, and the five-year deal that the Concord Agreement has, uh, has made, and and the sheer fact that you know, um, like I said, Zach Brown himself is now becoming a major player, as as we were alluding to me and Laz earlier in the show. It it really bodes well for both American motorsport and, and worldwide motorsport. Yep, it's exciting, man. I just, you know I don't know exactly how that's all going to play out, but uh, well, I, we're out of time, guys. I'm sorry we didn't get to talk MotoGP or anything else. Unfortunately, Les, did you have one more thing? 
No, no, no. I, Zach Brown is good for the American motorsports scene is the short version. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. But all right. Well, thanks, everybody. And of course, don't forget, you can catch our Formula One coverage every Formula One race weekend. Go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com and and find out where to hear that. And we will, of course, be back here every Sunday night, one way or the other. Talk to you soon. Ciao, y'all. Happy trails. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.